Welcome to this week in interview. I am your host, Anthony Drago. It's Wednesday night. It's 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In Eastern Caribbean, it is 9 p.m. Last time, between this time and our last show, we had daylight saving time kicking in the United States. And so we dropped one hour back. So it is 9 o'clock um, in Dominica in Eastern Caribbean. It's 9 o'clock in Haiti. The topic of our discussion tonight. Tonight we will be talking about Haiti, and of course our guest is also is going to be from Toronto. We will, we will. Uh, he is in Toronto. He also on Eastern Standard Time. But as usual, if you are a regular listener to our show, you know that on a Wednesday night when we get together, we always act. Now I always acknowledge my commitment to. The Caribbean as one country, and so I always play the national anthem. If you're a regular listener, you're familiar with that. Welcome back. I appreciate your company every Wednesday night. I really appreciate the fact that you make this weekend interview part of your weekly schedule. If tonight is your first time joining us, I hope you enjoy the discussion. I hope you enjoy the conversation that I'm going to have, and that we will certainly have, have moved you to take some action because that is the that's one of the objectives of this weekend interview is to give you information so that you can take some action about a, a topic that we're discussing. Sometimes we do health, sometimes we do politics, sometimes we do economics, social. We do quite a bit of cultural and artistic as well. And and so tonight uh, our our discussion is about Haiti. And let's let's we're going to have a very lively discussion. I'm very excited about our guests. And so let me not take any more time. Let's launch into our program. Uh, let's listen to the beautiful Mikkel Henderson as she does the CARICOM anthem. And we will take a word from our, our sponsors. And when we come back, we will be having a conversation about Haiti, its culture, its heritage. Of course, we will be discussing the challenges that the people of Haiti are facing and in the, in the wake of the devastation that was suffered by, by parts of the country from Hurricane Matthew. So stay with me. Um, let's listen to beautiful Mikkel do the Caricom Anthem, and we'll be right back for a, a, a delightful conversation with um, the consul, honorary consul for Haiti in Toronto. Stay tuned. of their color. 
choices when it comes to domain registration, web hosting, and dedicated servers. But I have to tell you about Jocko Hosting. They're simply the best. With their 99.9% uptime guarantee, 24-7 sales and support teams, you'll never have to worry. Get in touch with them today. They offer plenty of other products and services like SSL certificates, managed WordPress, and more. Call or click today, 480-624-2500. Jocko.com. That's J-A-C-H-Q-O dot com. Well, listeners, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the music. Every week I play the Caricom Anthem, and every week I'm fascinated by that song. So well produced, the lyrics really reflect the blend of Caribbean people. And of course, tonight, as I said before, we, we went to the Anthem. Our, our topic of discussion tonight is Haiti. And, and our special guest is going to join us from Toronto. Is um, Dr. Eric Pierre, and um, I'm going to raise him in a little bit, and we will look forward to our conversation with him. Of course, every time we hear about Haiti, um, we don't always hear positives. But I, but if you are from the Caribbean, you know that Haiti is one of the richest lands when it comes to culture, it comes to heritage, and also um, they they have quite a bit of um, resources as well. And, and it's just a matter of, of, of finding the right combination, I guess, of management and, and um, I don't know, protection from outside, outside forces, I guess. Um, but we're going to have a discussion tonight. And tonight, of course, with, um, with the devastation that happened in Haiti, the tragedy, some of our discussion is going to automatically focus on that. But let's listen to a little bit of music while um, our guest joins us, Dr. Eric Peer. 
and um, we'll be right back. and listeners, um, welcome back. Um, we heard a little bit of music from um, Bookman Experience. Uh, it's, it's Haitian music. Uh, most of us from the Caribbean are, are familiar with the Haitian Kompa music, so I wanted to, to give you something a little bit different. But with me on the line, all the way from Toronto, in Ontario, Canada, is Dr. Eric Book, uh, is Bookman, Dr. Eric Pierre. He is the Honorary Counselor for Haiti in Toronto. And he was gracious enough to agree to be our guest on this weekend interview. And I am I'm super excited and, and delighted. Although some of the circumstances under which we, we're having this conversation, we wish it were better circumstances, but all, all, all the same, we are very happy that you could join us on this weekend interview. Welcome, um, Dr. Pierre. Thank you very much, Anthony. Um, I take the, this opportunity to. Um present all my uh, greetings to to your audience. It is a pleasure and a privilege for me to um, to be part of your program and as well as being part of um, that opportunity to speak about um, Haiti and what Haitian people, Haitian people in Haiti and in the diaspora are doing in order to assist in uh, redeeming the country from the situation where it is right now. There certainly, be, I am sure, um, the the devastation of Hurricane Matthew and the continued suffering. Because I mean, it, Hurricane Matthew hit Haiti on the fourth of October, so it's a little about six weeks ago that that happened. So I can imagine, um, literally speaking, some of the wounds are still fresh and people are still suffering. So that is that is on the forefront of of our minds as we as we speak about Haiti. I, I sent out the um, a Facebook promotion for, for our our um, conversation tonight, and um, I got quite a few uh, responses uh, of, from persons uh, of Haiti, Haitian connection. So I'm giving you the opportunity to to say good night to your people. I mean, Caribbean people, all Caribbean people are my people as well. But um, you know what I mean. Your 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 fellow Haitians, I want to say a special good night to them. And while you're at it, maybe you can give a little bit of background of who who you are and some of the work that you've done um, representing and serving Haiti over the last few years since you've been um, working as honorary consul in Toronto. Certainly, um, I'm going to start by greeting the Haitians um, in the audience. Uh, bonsoir tout Haitien yo. C'est mon grand plaisir pour moi participer dans programme ça pour parler mon de sa capacité en Haïti de façon positive parce que dans pile bagaille que a dit sous pays a naturellement nous ta remain ba mon en vision beaucoup plus balancée what i said is um they, they are giving a lot of information um and lots of this information is usually very biased in one way or the other and um, somehow I'm trying to redress um, 
that uh, vision, that opinion about the country um, and um, tell people that in spite of all the suffering, um, Haiti is still a beautiful place. Um, we have uh, beautiful souls. We have beautiful minds. Um, and those are things they don't talk about. Um, and we are always ready to welcome people in the country with warmth and love. Yes, certainly. Um, in terms of what I have been doing, yes. mm -hmm. um, I have left Haiti um, a number of years ago. I hesitate to tell you how many, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yes, but um, I have been um, practicing dentistry in, in uh, Toronto for 35 years. Uh, as well, I have been representing Haiti as a consul in the city for um, 21 years. Um, when I first started as a, a consul uh, in the city, we had a small, modest population of maybe 1,000 people right now. Um, it's estimated we have about 15,000 Haitians in the city. And uh, I view my role as uh, somebody who is trying to coordinate um, the efforts in our community and uh, be um, a bridge builder in our community, try to create some kind of understanding and cooperation between our Caribbean, uh, our Haitian community and um, the Caribbean community at large. Um, that's why we, we've been uh, part of the CARICOM Consular Association, uh, which has all the CARICOM countries uh, as well as Haiti. Right. So that's, um, that's um, in big strokes. Yes, that is um, basically what I'm doing um, in the city. Um, I must say that I have... Um, I'm wearing three hats, uh, which are very important for me. My first is, of course, my profession. Um, as well, at the same level, I have my um, position as honorary consul, um, promoting a balanced view of the country. And um, for the last few years, I've been quite involved with disaster relief which is a very unpleasant task, but um, you know, given the, the situation um, in the country with um, you know all those disasters hitting the country one after the other, um, I had to step up the plate. Um, as well, um, I am the founding president of um, a charitable organization, which is taking quite a bit of my time. So um, if you are thinking of the, uh, the stereotype of um, you know, a healthcare professional who is uh, playing golf or something like that, <laughs> I think you would be look, looking the wrong way if you look at me. What is the name of the charitable organization? It's called uh, Perspective Entrede Humanitaire. Um, it's a little bit of a play on word because my last name is Pierre. Mm -hmm. and Everybody knows the word perspective. Mm -hmm. 
So I call the associate the organization perspective trade humanitaire. So of course it is a humanitarian organization, but mainly dedicated to um, um, to Haitians living in Haiti as well as Haitians living abroad. We take a, a major interest in Haitians in Dominican Republic and Haitians in Turks and Caicos. But um, our main focus is um, presently in Haiti, and I would say in Port-au-Prince um, in the aftermath of the earthquake. And I would even focus it further to say that um, we are concentrating on, on a school um, which we started building after the earthquake um, in the Quadebuque area. Quadebuque uh, is um, in, is in the suburb. Uh, it's a small town, okay. but um, it's in the suburbs of Port-au-Prince. Port no, and okay. um, since, since you're talking about the charitable organization, let's give people the contact info. Even if we can repeat it towards the end of the show, let's give a little bit of contact information where people can find out about your work and, and assist and join and that sort of thing um, of the other okay. perspective. Yes, first of all, first of all, I would like to give you my phone number. At the phone number at the office. Mm -hmm. It is the phone number of the consulate, as well as the phone number of the, the charity, uh -huh. and the phone number of my uh, my uh, professional office. Okay. It is 416. 416 is the area code in Port-au-Prince, mm -hmm. uh, in uh, Toronto. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I have to say, a lot of my dreams still take place in Haiti <laughs> after so ever. many years. <laughs> so I still think of myself as being in Port of Wins. Anyway, um, 416-538-3282. And that is the consulate number? That's the consulate. It's um, the number where you can reach my office, okay. which is a combined office of uh, you know professional dental services, uh, consulate of Haiti, as well as the charity. Okay, so they can reach me, or at least they can reach my office, my employees at that number, and they will direct you to the to the right service. Right. Now, my address in Toronto. I don't know if uh, people will have pen and paper to get the address. Maybe the first thing is to get the phone number, and then we can follow up and with the address. Contact you. Is there an email address though? Yes, the email address. I have several. Um, the easiest one would be EAPR, my initials, EA, and my last name, Pierre, yeah, P-I-E-R, -E uh, yes, P-I-E-R-R-E, -R -R -E okay. at uh, hotmail.com. Okay. Yes, and if you contact me at those two um, addresses or phone number, then we can give you further information because the charity has its own Facebook page, it has its so own us, so email address. Give us a Facebook page as well. Yes, um, it's a perspective entre humanitaire. Again, it's a long word. I wasn't planning on okay. expanding this, this is what we internationally do. with it. Okay. Uh, so that's why I said let us focus on, on my uh, name, my email address. Uh, my phone number, 
Right. And then the, we can take it from there. Right. If they send you an email, you can always respond with the I can respond. I can forward it to the charity. Exactly. And I can give you further information Certainly. about um, about the charity. If you Google Perspective or Haiti, chances are um, the whole information will come, come up. up as well. So, so the, yes. the telephone number is 416-538-3282. And and you can That's right. you can you can reach the the honorary consul for Haiti in Toronto by that number. You can also if you have if you want to do business in terms of assisting or, or finding out more information about the charitable organization, that phone number works for that as well. And if you are in the Toronto area or if you're visiting and you have a dental emergency or you know people who live in Toronto who may need a good dentist, that number also works for that as well. Um, equally um, effective in terms of reaching Dr. Pierre is his email address, E as in egg, A as in apple, Pierre, P-I-E-R-R-E at hotmail.com. Okay, so I'm glad we got this up at the top. At the top, we will, we will definitely be repeating it later down in the program, but, uh, but that contact information is, is very important. So, uh, Dr. Pierre, you are a very, very busy man. You're a dentist. You, <laughs> you, 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 you have um, this charitable organization that you started. And um, you mentioned a few things that, that, that are very sensitive to me. It, it, when you spoke about um, the plight of Haitians in the Dominican Republic and in the Cayman Islands, um, that may be for another show, although we can touch on it very briefly. Um, and that I know right now the burning focus has to be um, providing relief to the, the, the thousands of your fellow Haitians who are still suffering from the trauma of, of Hurricane Matthew, even while they were still yet not fully recovered from the devastation of the earthquake in Port-au-Prince. So let's talk a little bit about some of the activities that, that you, and I say you, of course, I know no man is an island, so I'm sure you have a lot of people assisting you, or some people assisting you, but some of the, some of the activities that you've been involved with in response um, to those catastrophic events that, that are devastating your country. Okay. Um, last um, Thursday, we had um, a concert um, and it was really um, um, comforting to be there because we had the artists from all the islands um, to participate and people with tremendous talent. Uh, they were all there. They gave their time and talent so generously. Uh, the concert was um, coordinated by um, the Jamaican Canadian Association of Toronto, um, the Caribbean Consular Corps of Toronto, um, the CCAC, which is an organization of um, Caribbean um, associations. Uh, as well, we had a contribution from the OEC. OCS um, Nationals. Yeah, OCS National Council of Canada. That's right, and the, the, the president is uh, Mr. John Allen. Yes, right. Um, who, who is um, the past uh, honorary consul general of uh, 
some kids. Right. That's right. So um, it was such a broad-based um, event. Um, it lasted a lot longer than we expected. The event finished at midnight. So, uh, and it was all in solidarity with um, the victims of the recent hurricanes. So we felt that we we were so in such good company in um, in such solidarity, such comfort from all the other islands. So it was a very good event, and um, right now we are still um, trying to um, to put together um, the financial profit of uh, that event. We had Haitian food, we had Caribbean food. As I said, it was something you know to really appreciate to see all the um, the cooperation of the all the islands, um, you know, for the people in Haiti who have been, you know, people who have lost everything. I was speaking to somebody um, whose uh, father is a retired lawyer, and he just moved to to that area, um, and um, his house was blown away. Um, you know, he's basically the the daughter said, you know, my my father lost everything. A man who has worked all his life, he lost everything. I read about um, a former um, BID economist um, who was trying to uh, do reforestation um, in the country, uh, in, in that part of the country, and all the trees he planted, they were all blown away. Um, churches, um, we have about right now uh, about a million people who became homeless as a result of the hurricane. Uh, those people right now, they um, some of them are lucky enough to um, to move in with um, families and friends. But um, then those fa those uh, family members now are living in overcrowded situations. Um, we have a resurgence or, um, of cholera um, in the country because cholera is a waterborne disease. Uh, we had it after the earthquake, uh, and now um, they, um, they diagnosed about 3,000 new cases of cholera, and uh, now they are trying to vaccinate people. We have a very serious food crisis because that particular area where we had um, the hurricane is actually uh, the breadbasket of a large part of the country because agriculture was very well developed there. We they didn't have as much erosion in that area, but now the trees, the all the agriculture is down and uh, the livestock has been blown away, especially the smaller animals, they just get blown away. So it is a very critical situation and um, we don't get enough media attention because the media are turning to other matters. But um, <clears throat> an opportunity like this one, I, I deem a golden opportunity to speak to people um, and try to 
um, to pinpoint the urgency of um, the situation um, and tell them that um, neglect in a situation like that um, is tantamount to um, to really um, contributing to the suffering of the people. What I'm trying to say in plain language is if you don't do something, you are making the life of those people worse in your own way. So it is a, a collective responsibility to try to do something to assist the people, um, especially in that part of the country. No, uh, Dr. Pierre, one of the things that I, I want I want us to talk about a little bit is um, is the management of donations and contribution because uh, especially since uh, it was featured uh, during the the presidential campaign, a lot of negative press went out about the management of monies that were donated. I think uh, I, I am sensing that there is less of a robust response from persons to to, the, to come to the assistance of the Haitian people because there, there seems to be some kind of doubt that the assistance is going to reach the Haitian people. Um, and so speaking to people like you, who are actually Haitian, who are in a position to to deliver aid directly and to, and to know the people who in Haiti who, who can most um, effectively uh, and uh, provide that aid to the people who need it the most. Let's spend a little bit of time addressing that. Let's try to reassure the listeners of um, the, you know, the type of questions that they may have, answer some of those questions, and, and reassure them that there are avenues in which they can contribute and they should contribute through those avenues because I'm hesitating about... Um, you know, maybe negative press, like you say, is only making the suffering, prolonging and exacerbating the suffering of the people who, who had such a bad experience. Yes, it's a, it's a fair question. And um, there is a very simple answer. Um, because in a, an interview like this, you have to come up with very short answer. Well, not necessarily. No. We have the um, if, we to, if we need to <laughs> okay, organize so, process to give yes. it. So what I want you to let do me, is to take your time and let us reassure. Yeah. You know, okay. Not even so much reassure. I think people mm -hmm. are just wondering. To inform the people. To inform to, the people. Uh, and to so we can people. educate ourselves together. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Um, now, back in 2010, after the earthquake, what we observed is um, really um, the larger NGOs sensing an opportunity to, um, to collect funds um, based on the emotional response of, um, of uh, the people, and that was internationally. What they did they stepped forward, and um, instead of Haitians collecting money for Haitians, it was larger organizations. Um, it's as if there was some kind of conspiracy 
to um, to tell um, the international community that Haitians were corrupt. In fact, the same year, um, there was an organization, the national organization monitoring um, corruption that said that um, Haiti was at the bottom of um, the list of corrupt countries. What happens that way? That um, you know, we were the most caught, and there was a there was a financial reason for that. The financial reason was that uh, um, the larger NGOs were going to be collecting monies um, and um, basically treat um, the Haitians as corrupt children unable to um, um, to look after themselves, so they need um, that paternalistic figure to collect on their behalf and take care of them. Now we all know what happened after that. Those funds that were collected um, were squandered in large part. They were squandered because um, only a very small percentage went, not just the people, but to the to the Haitian government of the time. I think out, out of um, every dollar collected, maybe 10 or 5 cents went to the Haitian government. Now, how does that, the 10% filter down to the people. You can imagine very little actually reached the people. So to make a long story short, um, the funds were squandered at a much higher level than at the grassroots level. Um, small Haitian organizations were just totally marginalized. You had to be strong. Um, and really believe, um, I guess as well have a vision of the injustice that was taking place to give funds to the smaller Haitian organization. As a consequence, um, the money was um, wasted at a higher level. The Haitians who I need didn't see much of it. The situation is a little bit different now, but who is being victimized? Who is being victimized? It is the same Haitians who didn't get a penny back in 2010. Now, money is not being collected, and those people are still being victimized. So, um, the people who wasted um, the money back in 2010 are not the ones who are trying to collect a few pennies now. I'll give you um, an example. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned earlier, um, I'm the founding president of um, a charitable organization. Um, and very early on, 
I realized that um, back in 2010 that the phone calls for donations, they stopped just by miracle. I don't know how they did, but they stopped. The little bit of, bit of money that our organization collected, um, first we sent uh, some of it to the Haitian Red Cross. We used some of it um, for transportation of goods to the country. On top of that, we wanted to make sure that we have something concrete to show. We built, we built a, a computer center uh, in Mayotte, which is um, near Port-au-Prince. Um, we built and equipped the, that computer center. Uh, and we started building from the bottom up a school. Right now, the school has 400 children. So this is to illustrate how Haitian people can take care of themselves. Right. How people at the grassroots level are as capable and even more capable than those larger organizations that are collecting money and spending money on administration and sometimes it's out and out fraud. And some of those people should have been brought to justice. Some of those people who collected the money, they just write about them, okay? People who collect $2 million, $5 million, they go to, the, to Haiti and they don't even provide the service. Some of them apparently didn't even get out of their SUV. And those are stories that are documented. Right. Whereas yeah. at the grassroots level, yeah, definitely okay, the grassroots small, level. smaller Haitians, smaller Haitian organizations, not just Haitian organizations, smaller, um, I would say entities, perhaps from the Caribbean, um, even from the US, okay? They have gone there with their heart and their, their muscles, and they have done wonderful work for the country. And those are the people we should be supporting right now. We cannot look at what a few large organizations did and deny the Haitians who are suffering, who have been victimized, who don't have food on their table, who don't have, who cannot put a roof back on their, um, on their house, who lost everything. And because of those larger people, um, people larger than life, I would say, um, then everybody is being pointed out as corrupt or as a potential waste. I am presently, we are feeling the frustration of, um, I would say, um, a lukewarm attitude, which you might not even call indifference to the suffering, because people, they might say, look, you know, we are tired of Haitians. We have, 
spend enough money on Haiti. Um, and all these negative uh, vibes we are getting. In the meantime, we were not the one to to enjoy all the financial um, benefits of the compassion and generosity of the people who were doing with all their heart. Certainly, Dr. Pierre. It wasn't I, I, small Haitian organizations. It wasn't small American organizations. It, was, it, was it wasn't bigger. small Caribbean organizations. It was a few co-opt and powerful people. And, and so I'm happy. I'm happy the way that you took your time, and you and you made that case because I know for a fact, just talking to people who would normally even like for some of my Facebook friends when it when it just happened, um, there were like you know Dominica also gets hit by tropical storm. I remember some people saying in Dominica, you know. When Dominica was devastated last year by Tropical Storm Erica, so many people jumped in and did stuff, and now Haiti is suffering, and nobody seems to be in taking initiative or doing or starting anything. And some of the responses was was a reaction to what you just spoke about. So, so it is so important. If there is no if there is no other message that comes out of tonight tonight's um, conversation with you, and I hope that we can repeat this conversation as often as possible, is that the Haiti people need, the Haitian people need our help. They need the help of everyone. They are suffering. And, and there are organizations out there who are doing their best, and they're doing honest work, and they're doing compassionate work, and all it takes from you is a little bit of research, a little bit of asking questions. If you really want to help, you, it, it, like you said, it's large organizations who created the problem. So therefore, it is very easy to identify who those organizations are, and we can steer clear of those organizations. And if you, if you intended to make a, a genuine attempt to contribute, that's not going to stop you from contributing. You can contact organizations such as the charitable organization started by our guest, Dr. Eric Pierre, um, which is called Perspective. Um, if you Google Perspective Haiti, you will find it. If you call the phone number that we had before, that we gave earlier, you will get information if you send an email to eapierre at hotmail.com. You will get all the information that you need to, to contribute and assist different organizations that so far, has started a school, has started a computer center, has donated um, food and other commodities, have donated money from what they've collected. You can reassure yourself of the 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 the, the, FD, you know, the honesty of of certain organizations. And I'm sure that's not the only organization organization that that you can um, do your research. But don't don't just resign and say I don't know who I can trust, so therefore I'm not contributing. That is certainly not good enough, right? Yeah, I certainly appreciate uh, the opportunity to to speak about it. Uh, it's not my intention to to point um, a finger to anybody, but um, I just want to um, create 
a more balanced and informed view of um, the, the challenges we are facing because um, it's not every day that we have a chance to explain our position. And even if we do, um, there are lots of people who have um, a lot of resources to, um, to, um, to undermine our message. But the message is that, um, you know, there are people who are suffering. Um, those people, they are dignified people. They, they don't want, they don't want handouts. They just want, you know, to, uh, to be we able to, um, so we can get back on your feet. I'm not interrupting um, you. Let, let, me, let me tell you a little bit of, of my experience. In, in 1979, Dominica was hit by Hurricane David. And Dominica is, is a country that has a lot of agricultural produce and water and whatever and all kinds of stuff you can think of, fruits. And after Hurricane David, um, about three to four months after Hurricane David, you could not find green bananas in Dominica to eat. You could not find coconuts. You could not find any of those things that we would just take for granted because the hurricane had destroyed all of the crops. And if it was not from because of the goodwill of people from outside who sent food and clothes and building materials and, and all the different assistance, I mean, you could easily see Yes, ourselves and our neighbors starving and being difficult, be having a much difficult and challenging time to feed our families. This, this is this is really a reality that um, you know it's very easy. Maybe we see it in the news and we say, okay, well somebody else is helping. We we cannot assume that somebody else is going to help. We we can jump in, and if it's ten dollars, you can contribute. You contribute ten dollars. For example, Dr. Pei, I don't know, I don't want to put you on the spot, but let's say a thousand people were to contribute $50 each, which is equivalent to $50,000. Give, give our listeners an idea of how far $50,000 would go towards providing some assistance to the people of Haiti. That would, um, that would be a very positive step. Naturally, if you, if you have $50,000 on hand, there are lots of ways you can handle that money. Um, you can look at the present, okay, the, the present, the emergency, or you can look further into the future. And right. that's what we did. Um, when we received our donations uh, back in 2010, um, our first gesture was to try to deal with the emergency situation. So we sent money to the Haitian Red Cross because um, we took the position that the Haitian Red Cross is, um, should be as, as uh, honest as any other organization. So um, we sent the money to the Haitian Red Cross. We acquired the money. Um, step two, we decided to turn to the youth. And that's why we... Um, um, we went on the site 
uh, I would say on the rubble of uh, a school. Um, it was called, just incidentally, it was called Republic de Cuba, um, Republic of Cuba. Mm -hmm. But it, it was a school given to Haiti by Cuba way prior to the revolution. Um, it was uh, back in the 40s. Uh, school very well built, and that school was totally destroyed, totally. There wasn't stone on stone. Um, so um, we went on the site, we built that computer center. Um, one year later uh, was the inauguration of the computer center. Um, small, but equipped, and um, it could serve the community. At the same time, we, we started to build a school. So you see, um, you, if you have the funds, you look at the present emergency, and you can as well look further into the future. Um, you know, how do you take care of the youth? How do you assist the people? How do you um, help them maybe to, to start, start a business or maybe to restart their business because lots of businesses are lost? So it depends on, um, you know, where your heart is, your priorities. Uh, somebody might say, okay, I want, to, um, I want to assist with agriculture, okay? I, I want to, to send seeds or whatever to help the people um, clean up uh, their, their farms from all the, um, all the debris from the hurricane. Um, so it is a matter of uh, priorities. What you as the recipient uh, naturally in coordination with, um, with the people who, with your donors, okay? Um, you decide, you tell your donors up front, um, this is my priority. If you believe in the work I'm doing, you believe in my um, probity, um, you believe that um, you know, I am a decent person, you believe in my vision, um, then you donate um, your money to our organization, and this is what we plan on doing. Well, okay, so the reason, the reason why I, I said it like that is because, you know, sometimes you hear about devastation and you say, oh my God, the devastation is so huge, what can I do? I, I think that a $50 donation is within the reach of most people. It might be a sacrifice. Um, it, is. it might be a sacrifice, but it's probably within the mm -hmm. reach of most people. So if you imagine just a thousand people, each of them contributing fifty dollars, I want the listeners to get an idea of the impact that a small, a seemingly small donation like that could make. Or even if it's, if a thousand people donate ten dollars, that's ten thousand dollars. That is still quite a bit of. Mm -hmm. Of, uh, that can that can send a, a couple containers of, of food down to Haiti or or, or some if close. So listeners, I, I really what I'm trying to do is to is to break it down into into a size where we can bite and we can chew mm -hmm. and we can manage. Of course, if you if you have the ability and you've done well and you want to do some good and you want to donate a thousand dollars, I'm sure that's welcome. But but that is stretching for most people. But I think a fifty dollar mm -hmm donation is within the reach of most people. So, And I tell you something else, Anthony. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. If you 
if you give me, let's say, $10,000, I can actually leverage that money in the sense that um, people um, might find it easier to offer food. Right. They might find it easier to offer some old medical equipment, wheelchair, or something like that. Okay, so I will be in a position to collect those items because I know that I will be able to pay for transportation to Haiti. That's a, that's a, so that's a good, give good. me 10000 give me $20,000. By the time um, I use, I collect items, your $20,000 is going to be $100,000, even $150,000, because of the items I will be in a position to collect here. Now, when, I, when people call me to offer me clothes for Haiti, food for Haiti, I say no. And you can imagine why I say no. It's because I don't know where the money is going to come from for transportation. Okay. okay. So I have to say no. But if I, if I have the money on hand, or if I know that I have a certain source of funds, I can welcome all those donations. I can welcome um, construction material because I know I will have um, 5,000 US dollars um, to pay for transportation mm -hmm. of the construction material, which could be worth, um, a container of construction material can easily be worth um, 100 something thousand. I can welcome donations of medical equipment, um, examination tables, uh, dental equipment, dental materials, medicine. So you see how far um, a group of people who decide to donate, how far their money can be stretched. So it's a good point you raised here. Now, the, 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 the question is, how many people can you convince to give $50 when you can easily um, spend $50 on, you know, anything? You, yeah, you, you go to McDonald's, you go to your family. You go out for a drink. That's exactly. Like, you go out for a drink, or you, you order a round of drinks or two rounds of drinks, and you spend $40. Um, I was in New York City. A drink is uh, ten, fourteen dollars. Yeah, for one cup. A glass of wine is. Uh, yeah. So if you and your your buddies uh, order uh, a glass of wine or a cocktail, you know that's some that's money you spend in one hour, and that money can make so much difference in the life in the lives of of uh, people who are so much less fortunate than we are. And for no fault of their own. So, uh, Doctor, well, let's 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 switch a little bit. Same topic, but I understand that you have an event coming up this Saturday. Since we are talking about people contributing and uh, what they can do, let's talk about the gala that you have in, that you're hosting on on Saturday. Yes, the gala is essentially, as I said, before you um, you start collecting funds, you you have to tell your donors what you plan on doing with it. As I mentioned earlier, we have. Uh, we started building a school after the earthquake. 
Okay, and it's interesting um, that's, that school was um, in an area where they displaced uh, the earthquake uh, victims. Okay, it was all um, land, bare land uh, before, um, before 2010. There was nothing there. So they displaced the people there. Right now, um, it's a slum of maybe 150,000 people. A place where there was nobody um, in in 2009. Now they have 150,000 people in the most um, difficult, who are living in the most difficult situation. There was no school, no um, no place of employment, um, no grocery stores, nothing in that area. It was bare land. So when I saw that, um, I personally said it would it would be such a good idea to, I don't know if I have enough time to extend the genesis of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, but um, I said, um, you know, um, I wish I could contribute, um, you know, to build a school in the area. So we went to Haiti, uh, and um, we were recommended to somebody who said, what a wonderful coincidence. I get a piece of land in that area, um, so you can, if you build a school, um, my church will pay for, for the teachers. So we've been involved with strictly building that school. One year later, the school was inaugurated with about 100 um, students. Right now, the, the thing is, the school is a, like a construction site. Um, it's functional, but it's not finished. Uh, two floors. We have about 400 students right now. Wow. 400 students, but um, we are still in the process of uh, finishing it. And that's why we have the gala to uh, collect money to, in order to finish the school and make it, you know, um, a learning environment for the children. Because even if they are poor, even if they, you know, they, they face a lot of challenges in life, um, they deserve a decent learning environment, not a construction site. So um, the walls need to be finished. Um, and um, even the, the floors, uh, everything else, you know, the, the, the schoolyard was just gravel and it's young children there. So that's why we are still collecting money. And the demands are overwhelming. Uh, we, we have the potential to have maybe double that population. Of course, we don't have the land. We don't have, we don't have the money. We are grateful that um, um, the NGOs did help us with, um, with the desk 
and um, blackboards and things like that. Okay. Um, but um, we still need a lot, you know, to make the school a decent place. The thing about the school too, um, right now it's it's an elementary school, but um, it becomes a multi-purpose building. After school, we have men who come for for training in um, trades, as well as women who come for um, training in uh, sewing and embroidery and things like that. So, plus, um, it could potentially be used as a community center in the evenings as well, because you can imagine that area um, has a, has a need for such a gathering place. We are fortunate to have a little basketball court in there, you know, for the youth in the area. Right. So, um, um, so it's it's not just a school. It's um, it's a main center for the community. It becomes a tremendous resource. And uh, I tell you, we saw the picture the other day, and uh, we saw a little, uh, you know, those little business people with their table in the Caribbean, mm -hmm. um, sitting in front and uh, selling, you know, selling food for the kids. We yeah, said, snacks and so on. You know, this is again, uh, you know, some uh, some business that would not be there if it wasn't for the school. Right. Um, so, um, and of course, we created employment for the tradespeople in the area. So uh, when you look at um, the consequences and the implications of, you know, a vision, you, you don't know what the effects are, um, you know, um, in the um, medium or long term. You are not just helping the kids and their parents, you are helping a community in so many facets. So um, it makes you feel good. And of course, um, if you take the long view, um, you, you don't know if a future leader of Haiti who's going to lead Haiti to a new, a new, a new, a new era, a new, a new quality of life, might be one of the students who gets mm. the opportunity of education at that very school. Because yeah, that's a far, that's a you know very far looking. But you have to look at the everyday type of person. No, that's what I'm okay. saying. But I'm, I'm that young child who could have been, um, you know, who could have been a little delinquent. Mm -hmm. Now he's not a big leader, but he's a good, solid citizen. Well, you know, the point, and, I, was, uh, the point if, I was making is that you can imagine. Mm -hmm. I, oh, I see. I see exactly what you the mean. Challenges yeah. that the kids are going through now. Are definitely going to help the character, and and you and you know you have talent. Nobody knows where that special talent is, mm -hmm. and then if because Absolutely. of the earthquake that talent doesn't get the education, then that talent is lost to the world, is lost to the Haitian people, you know. And that's what I'm saying yeah. that you know that kind of inspiration where you say instead of buying uh, a cocktail. If you contribute that money, maybe who knows if that that twelve dollars that you sent to Haiti instead of instead of just spending it at a bar, 
might be that twenty dollars that goes towards educating a future leader, a future Caribbean person. He might be the or she might be the person that finally gets the key to unite the Caribbean people into one nation that can become a powerful force and change the plight of our, of our people, so that we don't have to be immigrants in a foreign land. You know, we yes, absolutely. That, so yeah. that's what I mean. I, I I'm not trying mm-hmm. to to gloss over the immediate need. But I'm also mm-hmm. saying that in the midst of, of trials and tribulations, um, mm-hmm. it can be a crucible where that... Yeah, uh, and I, I'll give you an example. Um, it was 2000, maybe 2013 or 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, the highest scoring child, a student, because we have official exams um, in Haiti, um, National exams for people are very familiar with that. Yeah. yeah. So the highest scoring child was from. If you ever heard of Cité Soleil, mm-hmm. that's where the the child was from. Right. Exactly. And he was the highest scoring child uh, student in the, the national country. exam. Right. And of course, you know, chances are he didn't have electricity in his house, didn't have enough food or whatever, but um, you know. Because you have talents everywhere, exactly. and you you don't know what what kind of talent you are nurturing, or you are assisting to emerge, when you make a small contribution. Um, you know, when more than one person, when people in general get uh, mobilized, right. you know, to try to assist in a situation like that. So. And uh, as I said, we can just limit our ambition to just making um, a decent citizen out of a child who could have been totally illiterate, who could have been attracted to to crime or petty crime, and we make him um, a decent, productive citizen. And to me, that is a wonderful achievement. Awesome. And you know, also, while that child is sitting in the classroom learning, he is distracted from the the hardship that that he that he or she faces because the his family is still recovering from the impact of the earthquake from the impact of the hurricane so those five or six or seven hours that mm-hmm. he or she is sitting in the classroom is time when your mind can be focused on something different it's a therapeutic you're trying to say definitely. yes yes yes, yes. So, so, but tell us about the gala. Let's let's tell people about you know. In addition to just well, the gala, the we 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 are going to have um, awards and the awards, as I mentioned um, earlier, we are interested in people who do work in Haiti, and we don't we don't really uh, limit ourselves to to Haitians. We will be recognizing the contribution of people who live in Ontario and who have made a big difference um, and on a long-term basis in the lives of Haitians, whether Haitians in Haiti or Dominican Republic or um, other places. Um, and um, we, we are going to recognize as well two people who have been committed um, to 
progress in the country. So we ha will have humanitarian awards and uh, as well as achievement awards. Um, we have um, we have a DJ who will be providing music. We have um, a local Haitian singer whose name is Jaffa. He's going to provide entertainment uh, in different um, genres of music, jazz and um, um, compa, rara. Rara is a very um, popular folk music, um, kind of inspired by voodoo. Mm -hmm. um, our ambassador in Ottawa um, will be there, what you call high commissioner. Right. He's going to make the trip um, to be to be there. We have some high-profile um, individuals from the Caribbean community, um, politicians, former politicians, who will be showing their support. Um, I believe the president, the past president of the Black History Society, the Ontario Black History Society, um, has made the reservation. So it's going to be, um, you know, a very um, pleasant, elegant evening, um, and um, we're expecting our guests to have a good time tell because us, we are not always not. Pardon? Tell us where it's going to be and how people can get more information. Oh, I. The best way to get more information will be to email me. Um, it's going to be at the Don Valley Hotel and Suites. Uh, we might be overwhelming them with information, but if they call me or they email me, I will um, send them the information. Yeah, but if, if people are in the, in, the, in, the, in the Toronto area, they will know of that hotel, right? Don Valley Hotel. Yes, it's, um, it's um, Eglinton, Don Mills and Eglinton okay. area. Okay. Yes. And, and of so, course, uh, media information. I'll also post it on our on our website and our Facebook page as well. Yes, so we can send you the, the information. Mm -hmm. Again, for those people who can't make it, we will welcome we will welcome donations because the school has serious needs, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. um, we. We were overwhelmed by the response and by the need. We were thinking of building a school for 100 children, and uh, the number has quadrupled. That means our budget must have quadrupled as well. You imagine that we collected money after the earthquake, um, and we, we had a plan based on the, the funds collected then, and now um, the pressure is on because um, the children in that area they need they need an education and they are turning to us. Well, Doctor Pierre, um, you know I, I see that you you're very involved. Um, in addition to raising funds for that school, you're also um, trying to get donations as well for the, the relief for folks who were affected by Hurricane Matthew. There's, there, so there's so much going on. I'm going to, I know we've said a lot, but I, I, as we approach the end of our conversation, um, you know, so much information that you've given us, I'm going to give you the opportunity 
to just talk to the listeners again, talk to your, your fellow Haitians or persons who, are, who live in Toronto, persons from the other islands. We have a lot of listeners from almost every Caribbean island and some, some persons who are Americans, of course. I give you the opportunity to talk to them and let them know, you know that, the, that the assistance is greatly needed and will be greatly appreciated. And of course, I, I think it's inevitable that we're going to have you back um, to, to keep people informed and, and to keep giving them the opportunity to be able to, to make a contribution. Well, I um, thank you very much, and I hope to come back for a follow-up and, um, and tell the listeners that I have reached the goal of $50,000 that you have set for me. <laughs> yes, certainly, and we would like to assist you that in that um, as much as possible. We'd like to surpass that goal as much as possible. Thank you. I certainly appreciate it. And and so we, I wish you all the best. I wish you continued continued health and vigor, because you, if all of if all of what you you're taking on, um, you know, we admire. We we sit and we admire people like you who have the the, the undying and enduring commitment and energy. And motivation to, to to contribute and to and to continue to persevere, and so we wish you all the best. I want to tell you that you have an open mic here, even if it's not for the entire hour. Maybe because we have another guest, maybe because you're busy, you don't have you cannot have the hour. You're always welcome on a Wednesday night at 8 p.m. to come on for five or ten minutes and, and inform listeners, update them of what's going on if anything is going on. We also okay. have. We also have on TDN Radio uh, a show every Thursday night, every Thursday evening from 3 to 5 p.m. We have a show called House of Kompa, where we, where we feature strictly Haitian Kompa music. So maybe we can incorporate some of that as well. And I know we have a lot of Haitian um, persons listening tonight for the first time. Um, keep, keep, that, keep our radio station saved on, on a Thursday, every Thursday from 3 to 5 we have um, we feature um, Haitian Kompa music, and, and so I want to say thank you. It's been a, it's been a delight. And unfortunately, it's under circumstances of great need, and and I hope that I have been able to motivate uh, and you have been able to explain to persons and, and and reassure them that their their assistance is definitely needed, um in in a in a bad in in a in a in a hard, really strong way and that um, their contributions are going to be well received and effectively deployed for the benefit of the people of Haiti. I just have to add that um, our charitable organization is registered with um, the CRA, the Canada Revenue Agency, and uh, we give um, a, a tax receipt okay. to our donors, especially the ones who live um, in Canada, so whatever amount they give us, they will get a tax receipt and it will be deducted from the from the income tax. Merci. Merci pour nous coûter et puis opportunity peut-être que nous jamais rencontré, mais disponible pour nous pour nous parler. Merci beaucoup. Merci. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. All right. Thank it you. was a pleasure. You too. Such a pleasure. And I look forward to our next conversation. And all the best. Thank the you. Gala. Thank you very much. Okay. So, listeners, there you have it. 
another another tremendous conversation. I I am so privileged to to have the, the honor to have the conversations with persons who are so accomplished. So you know, persons who work so hard, who do so much. Um, I am I am always humbled um, when I see the the work that they do and the difference that they make. So let's let's all see what we can do. I hope tonight I was able to allay some of your fears that you may have had um, about making contributions and maybe some of the uncertainty as to where you can contribute. Um, go ahead and give um, Dr. Eric Pierre a call, send him an email. His email address is e as in egg, a as in apple, Pierre, P-I-E-R-R-E. So eapierre at hotmail.com. Send him an email, and he's going to send you some additional information as to you know the work that they do, what they have coming, and um, how you can contribute. I, I am going to also be providing some additional information because when you hear about the need that the, that the Haitian people have, it is it is heartrending, and so. I want to say good night. I'm going to leave you with a little bit of Haitian music, uh, and I hope that you you you, are, you will move tonight to make a contribution. Play your part. Don't just sit there and say, I don't know where to contribute. Find find out where to contribute and, and play your part. So this has been this week in interview. I want to say thank you very much for staying on. We stayed a little bit extra because I thought the information was very useful. Thank you for our producers for that. Thank you to Sam, our engineer and producer, always doing a, a great job to keep our live, our mics live. And to you, thank you so much. I know in the Caribbean it's a little late for you because you are one hour ahead. So now it's, it's 10.20. But um, as we know, you know, um, good things happen for those who stay up late to educate their own minds. So let me say good night, and I will see you next week, Wednesday. Same time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, when we will have another interesting person on air for our This Week in Interview. Good night.